unseen things. I'm Taja. And I'm Amy. And we're here to talk to you about everything safety, logistics, 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 Maybe and a little something bit new. <laughs> <laughs> something that no one's discovered yet. <laughs> no, it's just me being tongue-tied after trying to set everything up. <laughs> do you want to take two? Take two? Oh, you're right. <laughs> no, let's just keep going. <laughs> we don't got the time. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so in today's episode, we wanted to talk, well, I wanted to talk about, and Taja will just probably have some questions and or input around safety and ergonomics. It's probably not spoken about a lot. Um, it's sort of in the background. It tends to be uh, a quick checklist, um, maybe, at a lot of workplaces. So they'll come around and give you a checklist and it'll be, are you an arm's length away from your monitor? Does your... <laughs> Yes, something to that effect. You know, can um, do you have blue screen? Can you change your screen to suit your eyes? Um, do you have two monitors? Do you have a sit-stand desk? Do you have a vertical mouse? Do you, you know, there's... what is a vertical mouse? It's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> I feel like I'd get worse on my wrists with a vertical mouse. <laughs> so it's, it's it's more about thumb. You know, using your thumb and having your your arm. Like angled better, so it's not so. I guess like so, that. So it's an Atari joystick. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. <laughs> it's still a mouse, just vertical. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's a little bit more beyond that, and I've I've realised that there's a lot of um organisations. It's a bit of a tick and flick, much like a lot of checklists in our lives. Um, where does it go? What happens to it? Um. To the ether. Well, I mean, you know, if, what if you tick no? You know, say I've got all the things. I've got like a sit-stand desk. I've got the ergonomic chair to support my back, lumbar support, you know, arm rests. I've got it at the right position. I'm sitting at the right position. I've ticked all that, but I don't have two monitors. You know, is is this the end of the world? But apparently in good ergonomics, economics. <laughs> is I mean, economics probably want it too. <laughs> Um, all, to, all, you know, industries. Uh, so beyond the checklist, you can get an ergonomist. Please say, say that, that three times fast. Please <laughs> give it a try right now. Um, in um, that can be a physio, has a physio background, has a sports science background or an occupational health background as well, depending on the person and their qualifications, like anything, um, to help with workstation setup. Um, and workplace design right down to how the building is structured um, and everything else that goes in it. Uh, so you can have five to ten minute workshops at every individual's workstation on how that looks. But in an ideal world, we'd have an approach where every workstation looks different and the approach is an individualistic approach to how your workstation set up compared to mine even. Yeah, which I think is something that you tried to push at our last job together the job that we had together (laughs) (laughs) it's that ergonomist ergonomist. because you you did have someone come out and they like checked everyone and yes yeah it was a bit odd for Mm. me because like i've never had anyone do that i didn't even know that there was a checklist thing i've never had that in any of the jobs that i've been at prior to this one like there was no checklist of is your desk set up it was just set your desk up and go Mm. which i mean means different things to different people. People might be happy with just a laptop, you know, literally on the desk with a mouse, not a vertical, just a generic, cheapy Logitech. They don't sponsor us, but... Logitech. That's good because we don't have any Logitech gear. <laughs> Logitech mouse, um, you know, cheapy thing. Um, and maybe they've just got a gaming chair, you know, if they're working from home. So that might be their comfortable workstation or that's how they... They don't sort of think about it any other way. It's, oh, I could have two screens and I could have... <laughs> Taj is just pointing at the microphone because I just lent away. You can move it with you. I just, I am conscious of the fact that our sound is always a little bit funny and it's because we move away from the microphones while talking. I get fidgety people. Take the microphone with you. <laughs> this feels weird. <laughs> Sounds better though. Um, so, yeah, so set up. Beyond that, uh, entwines with psychosocial safety as well. So, 
if organizations, small or big, want to actually attack this uh, for the health and safety and well-being of their people, you need to look at, um, I brought this up because I knew I'd, <laughs> I'd stumble maybe with all the potential um, poor physical environments, just there's quite a few. So I would just lean into, um, so performing hazardous tasks, such as work at heights, so the ergon ergonomics. Oh, <laughs> you're going to stumble that word. Ergonomics, just, yeah, because this is the forefront of everyone's mind with the economics of our Of our current right situation, now. but we'll, we'll cover that in a different podcast, yes. on a different channel. And it, yeah. <laughs> uh, working in hazardous conditions, such as near unsafe machinery or hazardous chemicals. Uh, doing demanding work while wearing uncomfortable PPE and other equipment, such as PPE is poorly fitted, heavy, or reduces visibility or mobility. Conditions that affect concentration, such as high noise levels, uncomfortable temperatures, or poor lighting. And probably on that point, that covers not just sites, you know, um, industrial sites, but also offices. So if we're thinking about the whole safety of the whole world and how you're working, if you've got poor lighting alone, that will affect your eyesight, have eye strain, could lead to long-term effects with your sight. Um, well, if you want to take that into a logistical thing, drivers that do the like the long-haul driving, so they do the line hauls and things like that, where they spend a lot of time on the road at night, mm -hmm. a lot of them actually develop, I think, stigmatism, where, mm. they, where they almost get a burn at the back of their cornea from the oncoming headlights all the time. Right. Especially if they end up with someone with those like ultra bright daylight lights or mm. someone who's got their high beams on or something like that, that can cause problems with their eyes because they're used to it being dark. We'll get there, people. We will we understand will. what we're doing soon. <laughs> we will. I promise. Um, it's amateur hour. That. <laughs> we, we are, yeah, we're, we're we don't claim to be professionals at any sense of the word um, in podcasting. Um, also, unpleasant conditions such as poorly maintained amenities, unpleasant smells or loud music. This is why I have my earphones in. Mm. I can't help the smells, but I keep my music to myself. For sure. And I think that's a big one about how people work as well. So not just workplace design and how maybe a customer service counter is designed. You have enough room so you're not turning a weird angle to reach overreach for something everything should either be at the front and easy to reach you know and within you know you're not over extending anything um but also enough area that you're not knocking your knees and i don't think that's probably something that's talked about enough with how your workstation set up at all, all very well to have desks but do you have enough room to get around without knocking arms knocking knocking any limb i mean repetitive knocks can cause stress on your body as well um so something to think about um loud music some people like to have music on uh, either in the office just as you know a radio or you know a yui boom or something like that some people don't some people work like to work in silence like to work maybe with a little bit of chatter in the background but if you're in a call center your chatter goes straight through the roof it, it could be the best acoustic building in the world but you're still going to have that overarching noise level where it's sometimes un i've never understood that about call centers surely they could put them in like a little closed booth mm. if they're and that way each person can sort of like have like it doesn't even need to be fully soundproof just enough to dull the neighbors because they're crammed so close together when you see them and it's like how can you hear the person on the phone like i'm at least 85% certain that half of the problem with getting them to understand what you're saying is the fact that they have so much background noise behind Absolutely. them. Yep. And, and depending on your um, the gravity of what you're asking that customer service rep too, you know, if it gets more and more complicated and you've got more and more noise and things are happening, you know, day-to-day -day work activities that might not, they might be off the phones, but they're also doing training they're also doing, you know, other things that need to be done for their job. Well, they're just having water cooler talk with Karen about her kids' <laughs> yeah. social life. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much to think about in the way of how your workstation set up right through to work design, workstation design and work task design in order to have that flow and that easiness to it. I mean, at the end of the day, 
if it's going to be a uniformed approach to a particular workstation setup, whether it be a call center, an office, or a site office, or a site, you know, thinking about logistics with how things are set up, where things are put, easy access, so on and so forth. But if there's a flow to it and it suits, I, I don't know, if you want to go for like a number, like 80%, you know, ticks a lot of those boxes with keeping the lighting right, even right down to carpet, if the carpet's threadbare, you know, how long does that get take to get fixed? So is it a facilities thing? Do you own that building? How long will it take to get the carpet replaced? What does that look like to, for everybody um, around walking around? You know, then you're looking at slip trips and falls. You're looking at um, just, I don't know, I sort of think about just how the place looks. I like aesthetics as well. So colour, you know, what we have on the walls what it looks like because you want to come to work and you sort of want to feel a bit like beyond gray walls and looking like a bit of a fortress or a bit of a jail you don't want you don't want that either um so the last two would be uh working in a well this goes into it working with a poorly maintained equipment um so equipment that's been unsafe noisy or started vibrating so or isn't bolted down properly or isn't bolted down properly yes Yes. Wasn't the um, Queensland's largest ever compensation payout over a truck driver's seat not being properly bolted in the truck? Yes. Yes, that was... When was that? That was, was recent. Yeah, like recent in the scheme of things, though. Yeah. Um, and the last one with the psychosocial hazards would be working work-related accommodation that causes fatigue. Conditions are noisy, uncomfortable, or stop workers getting enough sleep. So it probably falls into maybe a little bit with Actually, logistics. Yeah, and I, I do have something to say about that in our next episode. Um, I'll hold it for that, but generally mm. it's about like respecting road users and mm. respecting people who use it professionally. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I feel like with ergonomics, it's, you know, when people sort of ask, oh, we want to do more. We want to explore it more than just the checklist. If, if your company or organization does do a checklist around how your workstation set up, um, you know, look at training, look at getting someone in to do an assessment. But that's all well and good with training. But what will you do with that information after? Because you're paying quite a bit of money to get these people in. And then if it gets, you know, a report gets done, if it's individual locations, you know, for each individual location, what happens with that? You know, if it gets just put in a drawer like, thanks so much for coming, you know, we take on all your information and then we get given, you know, PowerPoint and the report. Where do we go? What ha what happens with that? Because there's always great stuff that's generally given to the organisation about how to improve health and safety around ergonomics. But it's sort of one of those things that's low on we the level of, of fixing, I guess. I think it also depends on whether or not the boss who's been made to do it actually believes that it's worth anything. Yes. Or if it's at least worth the money that is required to mm. replace certain equipment. Because, like, I know when you did it, um, there was at least two of us that got new chairs out of it. Yes. And I think someone got a footrest. Yes. And did someone get a new monitor? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there was a little bit and it was like, yeah, well, that's I'm, I'm, I'm sort of having to duck to reach to, to see the screen properly mm. or mine was that my chair was just completely it was dead dying and mm. yeah and and Mark's was the same like his was dying dying yeah so so I mean it sparked some goodness but but beyond that and I sort of think about where I am now there's a lot of hot desking that happens I hate hot desking so I've never experienced hot desking before till I now I hate hot desking so I had it when I was doing import export work and I loathed it <laughs> it's it's different. Actually, it's unusual. You might enjoy Kitty Flanagan's um, sketch on hot desking. I'll show <laughs> that to you off camera, but oh my God, she cracked me up. She, it felt very much real. Oh. So, except for the ham that she was carrying. Oh, it was like the ham that she carried with her. <laughs> but, well, you need it for lunch. <laughs> so hot desking in itself, I mean, if, if the majority of the workforce is working from home, at least 50% of the time of your, your working week or fortnight, which I am doing now, you only need to account for five days of that fortnight. 
at a desk. But yes. not every workstation has the same things. No, but I I mean, I suppose if, if, the, if it's in that scenario, it's not such a huge thing, the hot desking that I was sort of inducted to mm. um it was my every day like i was in the office every day and they they actually specifically said to us like we are hot desking because we don't want anyone to become attached to a certain space in the office which all that said to me was that we don't value you as an employee as a person we mm. value you as an employee as a number mm-hmm. and you are replaceable mm-hmm. and it's like yeah everyone kind of knows that to, but but to have it slapped in your face every day mm-hmm. that's a bit different yeah definitely and and there's you know psychosocial aspects around hot desking alone, um, which would probably be another whole, whole podcast. But I just kind of want to highlight the fact that um, no matter what way you go, you need to look beyond is yeah the basics of ergonomics, and that there's some great programs around incorporating the psychosocial. Then there's the sedentary behaviour around sitting at a desk for eight hours plus, sometimes depending on what your role is you know and the more you go up the chain i'm sure the more people are sitting at their desks for longer um to get the the workload done which is another psychosocial hazard in itself um with workload and whether it's excessive or whether it's not enough so i find that when i'm hot desking that the equipment is few and far between It can be a little bit all over the place, depending on what people want. Not everything's available. So if I want a footrest, I have to go searching for one because there's not an availability. Um, Some desks have sit-stand desks, some don't, which I like to be up and down. I like to have that movement. I get real fidgety. And just to have that sense of what I am actually moving, not that sedentary, you know. And there was a whole thing that um, this program, Be Outstanding, is a pilot program that people can take on. And there was numerous businesses, small and big, uh, took on. And it was a great program to measure what that looked like in their workplace. So there was, you know, stand-up meetings, which if we look at our example and where we were used to work together, we did it probably three times. And most of, and I think two of those times were simply because the conference room wasn't available. Yes. Yeah. So we just had a stand-up meeting in the hall. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's sort of got, is it acceptable and feasible? That's probably the question that goes across each of these things that um, the Upstanding the Program kind of looked at and whether or not it was something that everyone wanted to completely implement all these things or whether they take a few ideas from be upstanding and trial them as a cohort it could have been a small cohort um a government you know public sector didn't sort of matter a whole bunch of people and there's some great um peer-reviewed articles and scholarly articles on this particular program and actually how it be outstanding also looked at um things like treadmill workstations so yeah i've been trying to convince uh, my boss to let me have a walking pad it'd be it'd be brilliant it'd he's, be brilliant he said that i can have one but it won't be like he said that i can have one at my desk but it won't be at the company expense which is fine by me because mm. he's not convinced that it'll be used for more than three days <laughs> <laughs> i think it will be i think i will um so yeah i'm I'm in the process of, of looking at my options now because he said I can have one. So as long as I'm willing to go and get it, yeah, I'll have it put in because I've got the sit stand desk. Yeah, so I'll I'll have that, and I'm going to get one of the fold away ones so I can just tuck it up. Yep, and use it as a bit of a footrest while I'm in my chair. Yeah, but I I would like the option. Yeah, for sure. I spend too much time at my desk. So and that's a hard thing with uh, prime example of your role. You can't really leave. You can't really go off site for lunch either. That's 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 a big no no, really. You you just you've got to be at your office. Well, um, I control the gate. So yeah, yeah. If you're I'm the not key there, master, if you want to reference Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh my god! So um, there's there's lots of things and there's great ideas out there, but it's definitely assessing what the people want. So mm-hmm. consulting with your workers. So before. Anything happens, even if you don't do a checklist currently, get an ergonomist. 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 (laughs) 
this is going to be a whole thing. You're going to have to like type the word while I'm saying it. So it pops up every time for the people to no, understand what I'm saying. About what the checklist should look like. Because I mean, you can have a checklist that's got, you know, five questions or it can have a hundred questions. It, it depends on how much you want to get into what you're going to look at, how you're going to look at it and what the actual after bit the assessing of that information. If you mark no on any of those things, what happens? Do you get a new chair straight away? Do you, you know, like, uh, what you, is the organisation? Do, do you go through the process of ordering one, making sure it has all of the things? Because that she said that it needed to have a. There was like five points, mm-hmm. five different things that needed to be changeable on the chair to make yep. it properly like ergonomic for the. Because you need to be able to change your back tilt, your seat, your height, your your elevation, like whether you sit forward or backwards, your armrests, mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff. Like there was a bunch of shit that she wanted it to be able to do. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of chairs out there. I mean, that's just chairs. There's a lot. Um, so, yeah, the mind boggles just in, in getting a, a proper chair that suits you, suits the individual. Um, some people go for the um, bouncy balls, and it's not the correct term, but the – the, the yoga balls. The, yeah, where they sit on them and it corrects their posture if they've got an already pre-existing injury. We have a guy in the office who has one of those in his office. Mm-hmm. And he said that that's supposed to, like, he's supposed to be sitting on it and that, but I've never seen him use it. <laughs> Literally it's there just in case. Just mm-hmm. in case. Um, so, yeah, there is some great stuff. Um, walking meetings, that's that's an easy easy thing to do, but it's timely. In certain roles. Yes. Like, in, I think in, in the case of, like... Um, production sheds mm-hmm. even certain transport yards mm-hmm. um maybe certain stock warehouses and things like that mm-hmm. having a walking meeting is a good thing because you can talk about an issue at the same time as actually go out and be like that is what i'm talking about yeah that is what we need to work on yeah. and i think in in those sort of cases or even like walk around and be like all right while we're walking and talking about these things keep your eye out for problems so that we can solve them while we're here i think in those cases walking meetings actually save certain like time Mm -hmm. but in other cases it's just like why am i having to walk the site i need to be doing that other thing that you wanted me to do and there's distractions you know if it is a site like an industrial site you might be walking and you're talking about a topic but then a staff member might come up to you and interrupt you because they've finally seen you you know especially if it's upper management and they've got a burning question and you get completely off topic and the meeting that was meant to be 30 minutes turns into an hour and a half, two hours. And... Or it just gets disbanded entirely because yes. they're like, well, we, we've got jobs to do. We can't sit here and wait for you guys to finish whatever this is. Yes. So, um, and like we've been, I've mentioned already, the sit-stand workstations, um, it does decrease sitting, but it's definitely, for me, I need to set reminders to stand up. I, I just get sort of engrossed in what I'm doing and I forget and I think, oh my gosh, how long? I've been sitting for four hours already, you know, and you're getting into, you know, getting distracted or that you can't leave your workstation. And so you're just in the motions of doing your work. And so I've realized I've had to put alarms on to go stand up and, you know, get it all set up and get everything, you know. Um, so I'm standing up and I've got a fatigue mat. So I've got, you know, that's helping my legs um cycling and pedicle pedal pedicle <laughs> that's another like new pedi- word pedicure on a cycle <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be like you know okay, two birds one stone <laughs> i don't want to know how you'd do that one, to be honest <laughs> it'd be a, very messy um you know with and that's costly you know treadmill stations it's anything from 1300 to 7000 plus that's if you buy the treadmill station. You can get the walking pad that goes underneath the desk for, uh, I think, two to five hundred bucks. Yes, yes. So I mean, there are options beyond beyond just that. Um, but for an organisation, if you're hoping to put a business study case study forward for purchasing equipment, equipment beyond the walking meetings and stuff like that, yes, it it, it needs to have a lot of data behind it. You know, and you do probably do need to do a pilot program to measure what exactly what people want. Maybe people don't want a footrest. They'll never use it. I don't. I never use Prime it. example. I, did, I actually find them really annoying. Mm-hmm. I understand what they're meant to be there for, mm-hmm. but all I want to do is, like, I get so frustrated with it, with catching my feet on it all the time. Yes. That I, I literally just want to 
kick the shit out of it and <laughs> get out from under my desk. So I find it easier to just, that needs to leave. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, because I got recently asked this week, this week just gone, I think, would you like a footrest? We've got a spare one. And I'm like, please keep that away from me. Don't wanna... Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing. And see, that's a prime example. I would prefer one. Not necessarily just the basic cheap one. It's got to be something that's, again, it's about the individual. It's got to be quite cushy. It can't be just that basic plastic with movement. Um, might just be a little bit. <laughs> Get you one of those springy bands that you can just tie under your desk. And... <laughs> I mean, that's movement. Hmm, not a bad idea. I think they're trialing them in, in schools in America at the moment to try yeah. and keep like the kids that have... Uh, I hesitate to say ADHD. I think they just mean like kids with normal fidgeting. Yeah. Because, you know, the kids. For me. My legs and they sort of have, down. they have this bar that swings, but then they also have like a band and mm. they can bounce mm. their feet on it. Mm. So I'm thinking, you know, thinking outside the box with equipment, even if you want to look at equipment in itself, having a loan out cupboard that's dedicated to having all these things. So if you, you know, a sit-stand desk can be quite costly as well if you want to implement that across 10 desks, 100 desks, 5,000 desks, depending on the organisation, you know, you might be able to do it that you've got your foot rests, your fatigue mats, your vertical mice, you might know. (laughs) I feel like you won't like these. (laughs) Um, And just different smaller aspects that you can go to a cupboard. And if you're hot desking, you know, for the day, or you're at a different location, because some people, if they're casual, they do go to multiple locations, that if you like certain things, but they're not necessarily available or assigned to you, you can still know that you can go to the cupboard and line out. <laughs> line out, loan out. <laughs> Doing really well today, guys. Um, <laughs> loan out your equipment and then pop it away. Uh, once you're done because I think that's the thing too in a bigger organization equipment can go missing sometimes unintentionally you know you take something from a desk it might be a cable or it's a footrest or it's you know someone takes a stand desk like that's a whole nother feat to carry that but you know it does it does happen and you don't want to not be able to work the way you want to work basically um then there's particular prompts you can get. So there's apps, obviously. There's a million and one apps around this space. If you, you know, as an individual, wanted to look at being more mobile, being workstation positive, I think that's maybe the best way to describe it. You know, having more and, and really looking after your shoulders, your eyes, your back, your legs, and how you move in your workstation. There's great stuff. There's also computer prompts. So if you wanted to look at, I mean, whether you've got IT skills or the company has an IT department, having 30-minute reminders, stand up, move around, go for a walk, whatever that may look like, a you know 10-minute oh, no. walk. Okay, uh, sidebar. 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 Um, <laughs> not something that I share very often, but as a almost like a hobby, I guess, I write. Yeah. I write, I write novels. I um, go, you know, little fantasy novels, things like that. I say little, I don't mean that little. Um, but a lot of my writer friends and the people that I sort of talk to in that world, they use what they call the Pomodoro method. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how widespread that is. It's not something I've ever been particularly interested in using because I find that if I can get into the groove, I have to stay there. Mm-hmm. If I do something like the Pomodoro method, I become more distracted, not mm-hmm. less distracted. Mm-hmm. But I've got a couple of mates who absolutely adore it and they reckon that it keeps them very much on track. And they use, um, I think it's the Forest app. Okay. And they essentially it blocks out their phone for a certain amount of time and it like a tree grows on their phone. Um, and then at the end of that time, they'll have a full grown tree on the phone Mm -hmm. because they've completed the allocated time and Mm -hmm. a buzzer will go off to remind them to get up and move around and go have a drink and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then they'll come back, set a new one and go again. How long does it go for? What's the... I think you can set it for as little as five minutes and it can go up to an hour because I think that the, whoever it is that has that app has done the research that Mm -hmm. that's like the best windows Mm -hmm. depending on what you're doing most of them do the 40 20 method so they'll do 40 minutes working 20 minute break 40 minutes working 20 minute break yep yeah but a lot of these people that i'm talking about that is their job they write 
professionally yeah. and so they don't really have the constraints of working nine to five or leaving for an office they have a space in their house they move from the kitchen to their office they start writing they do their 40 minutes their 20 minutes and they do that until like six or seven o'clock at night and mm. then they'll clock off yeah so you know and they'll some of them will do that from five in the morning others won't start until nine yeah. so it just that's all where it's individual but that's sort of similar maybe they could use something like that in an office as well if they're mm willing yeah well the, and that's that's the thing i think it's open-mindedness progressiveness um taking the next approach around psychosocial hazards in the workplace because at the moment there's a lot of talk about it but a lot of organizations actually don't know where to start actually attacking all these individual points of the psychosocial code of practice i can't really um, blame them for that though it's, it's sort of tricky yeah it's, it's everyone is different so something that like i'm not offended by someone else will be offended by mm. and, and something that might not cause me much harm could cause someone a lot of harm mm-hmm. so it, it it's sort of like a, a little bit of a minefield yeah and and you know the hierarchy of control doesn't necessarily lean into workplace design so much the complete list of things um i was listening to some podcasts around this uh for some research for my actual work that i do um and they're saying it is it's people are really hyper aware of this now this psychosocial has it's it's, it's launched this year a lot of companies have done the initial checklist i hate i hate checklists everybody (laughs) really drives me batty we haven't noticed um (laughs) (laughs) but you know now where to what do you focus on one? Well, no, not really, because they're crossovers and and multitudes of those ones that have been deemed as psychosocial hazards. So, you know, loss of job control could also be, you know, you don't have enough work to do or you have too much work to do, but then you've also got a poor work environment. So it's a layered thing. It's not so straightforward as sort of isolating and putting them in silos, even with ergonomics embedding just the environmental stuff you know and how your workplace looks how if it's refurbed if it's a retrofit if it's a brand new workspace do you have standards that you work to and you know you know queensland in itself where i work it covers a lot of queensland there's a lot of different workplaces but none of them are standardized some of them have been other buildings such as bus depots they've been old uni campuses they've been sometimes if it's a smaller thing they might buy out an old house and sort of do it up to be an office or an old jail you know there's just different versions of what a workplace can look like and if then you're trying to turn it into something new what does that look like how does that feel if i went to that next center or that next place would I have the same experience? Would it be the same in some way, like the basis for a workstation? Do we all have a desk that actually elevates up? Beyond the sit-stand desk itself, do you have something that actually moves up and down beyond that? So if you've got a laptop, you can plug in, away you go. Or does my laptop itself, it might be a Dell, you know, you've got Lenovo. Microsoft. So, yeah, Apple, so on and so forth. So you're you're including stresses to to people just to set up and moving work locations at a rate that's you know it might be like a you know you start at eight but you don't get logged in and actually up and running for 15 minutes due to and that's that that whole kitty flanagan thing is that about the hot desking is that she's like well you've got to go get all your stuff out of your locker and then you've got to go find a desk so that might be you know, you start at nine, but mm-hmm. that's when you're getting your stuff out of your locker. So then you get to your desk and it's already 20 past nine, but then you've got to set up. So it's yep. quarter to 10 by the time you're done. And then it's, oh, well, it's tea time now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you're sweaty. You might be sweaty from, you know, unplugging and plugging cords under the desk. I know I did that last week. Um, I had to call IT in the end. I just couldn't. <laughs> It was all the same. It was meant to be really. I'm going to do this easy to I set have up. To say that was one. That was one thing that in the in the um, hot desk environment I was in, we had company issued Dell laptops. That was, I believe, who they went with. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dell had these workplace interface connectors, mm-hmm. so the screens stayed mounted to the. Um... Oh, 
display like, mount pole. Thing yeah, 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 yeah. With yeah. the hydraulic arms on it, so yes. you could move them. Yes. Um, but the underneath them there was like a, a like a lock-in pad. Yeah. And so you just took your laptop and you just connected. No, you just you put it on top and you hit a button on the side, and it it was like docking a tablet to a keyboard. Mm. Oh, very good. Um, and then you did that, and you could open the laptop and use that as a third screen if you really mm. wanted to. I never did. Mm. It just no, no. How many screens me. do you want, people? Honestly, <laughs> it just annoyed me. Um, so we had that, and it connected in, and wherever you had left your laptop, it would come up on the screens. Yep. And it, the thing that I liked about that is because it went through that workplace interface. Mm. You didn't have to worry about the ratio setting or anything like that if you were connecting into new screens or that. It was just a click and go. Yep. And the other thing that I really liked about that is that I didn't have to have any work stuff on a, on, on my personal laptop. Mm-hmm. Like, Brilliant. that was a work-issued laptop. Yes. That was, like, part of my job at the time required me to take it home with me because we were on weekend call for the mining sites. And so you would have that with you. But when you got to work, it opened up wherever you were. So if you got a stupid 2 a.m. in the morning phone call because an O-ring blew out on the mine site and you had to get up, get dressed but you'd started doing what you needed to at home. Mm -hmm. When you got to work after the hour commute that I had, you just (laughs) connect it and off you went again. Yeah. And then while it was connecting, you went and made coffee. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's one of the main, main thing. I I mean, that's a whole nother thing as well. I probably won't go too madly into that um, because we are talking about ergonomics, but the stresses and the layers, I just wanted to really hone in that point that it is layered. It's not, a checklist and it's not just getting someone in and doing a quick training course or a quick check of their workstation because again the follow-through with the activities and the training and the investment um and if it's you know i keep we're in queensland so we'll just keep to queensland but it's such a big state and if your organization covers a majority of that state and for example one half of the state is doing all this extra but the other half is not. They're just doing a checklist. Well, the investment in the people in the, the bottom half isn't the same. So it's an unfair thing. They're not getting the right amount of knowledge because at one, they might not be aware of ergonomics. They might not. I don't know. It just depends. If they've never been part of that or the company that all companies have ever worked for haven't really invested anything in it, you might know a little bit about, you know, the blue screen for your eyes, because, you know, you might go to an optometrist and that sort of thing. But... Yeah, or you might be doing something on the side that is heavily into that stuff. So you've you've realised your eyes are sore and you've gone looking for that stuff yourself. Yeah. It's a, I mean, you can see it between our two screens just as they are now. Mine mm-hmm. has less of a blue tinge to it than yours because yep. I've got a filter on mine. Yep. Because I spend too much time on it. <laughs> and that's the thing. So I think it's as much as it's individualised approach... It also needs to be a collective approach on how to make it so there's a standard way of doing things, but then you can tweak it and mold it to, to how, each site and person. Yeah, and person, basically. Um, so there's lots around that, lots around sedentary behavior, lots around ergonomics and what that looks like for the future. There's lots around even, you know, working from home now is so prevalent. I'm still setting my workstation up. I've now been two months working from home. Um, I do enjoy the photos of the cat. <laughs> yeah, I have a workmate who snores a lot. <laughs> he really does. It's so cute. <laughs> he snores. Um, Salem, my cat, for those playing at home. Um, <laughs> Hi, Christy. <laughs> hello, Christy. Um, sidebar on that too. Christy is actually going to come on our podcast. Um, I'm just trying to work a date out for her to come on. Um, she's has worked at oil refineries um, as a tech. Um, I wonder if I should ask my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. She's She, she um, up until very recently, actually owned an OH&S company. Brilliant. So oh, she, be great. she worked out a lot of those things. So I don't know, maybe we could get them on together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so she's, she's full of information and dif- different stories about her experience being a female also in an oil refinery. Yeah. Um, just that in itself would be interesting beyond the stories that she's got. Um, she's told me a few already just to just to kind of 
lay down some of the groundwork groundwork and what she's going to talk about. This is why you should have me on. We were already going to. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, people, I think people need to see who Christy is because we referred to this person, Christy, <laughs> our longtime listener, first time caller for quite some time. So, um, yes. Side side note, big side note, but yes, just let you know that that's coming soon. We're just going to work out some dates. She is quite a busy person, but that's okay. We'll work it out. Um, and probably the other thing I wanted to highlight with ergonomics is if you're looking at getting into it, consult. That's probably my number one thing. It's not done enough around what the people want. Yeah, consult your staff. Like it's just so important. I know. Yes, it's it's law. You know, you have to consult workers. Um, you know, but sometimes it's done in such a half shod way. Yes, it's like yeah, but we put a thing up. We put a we put a survey notice up in the in the lunchroom, and you guys could have come and spoken to us about it, but mm-hmm. you didn't. And mm-hmm. it's like, hang on, yeah, hang on, hang on. The onus is on you. Yes, not on me. No. And it, you know, yes, people harp on about it, and you know, people go, oh, consultation. But if it's done right you'll get great results. And not just that, but you leave a better morale in the office when you do it right. Yes. And that's never a bad thing. Oh, no, absolutely not. And I think it then it shows action and it then, it you know, once you have, you know, kind of shaped what that next step looks like of getting training happening, getting new equipment, fixing the environment, if there's, there's environmental issues around the office, um, and then reviewing it. But then also giving feedback about why some of the things actually can't be implemented. If you're transparent about both, yes, yes, Taja, we can get you a stand-up desk. That's great. We can we can actually get everyone one of them. But for now, that's our investment. We I've, can't. I've just had to fight someone off my desk. <laughs> <laughs> They've come out and they're like, "Do these actually get used?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> leave my desk alone stay back um (laughs) it's really good for me in the mornings because i've got the drivers at the window mm -hmm. and i've got to run for paperwork off off the printer and then i've got the paperwork for the runs on the board so it's like i'm doing this little triangle loop yeah yeah yeah. um whereas if it's if i if it's on the desk i have to keep going down and then up and then down and then up so i just lift the desk and i stay in the yep the standing position the entire time and i get it all done and it's it's much less murder on my back Mm -hmm. yes see a live example (laughs) um but that's that's the thing you know like there's great ideas out there from from corporate if you want to look at it in a corporate sense you know corporate head office whatever you want to call it has great ideas (laughs) sometimes um but the actual implementation and review and actually how that works is an afterthought Mm. There is some great stuff. If you want to spend some money, there is great stuff out there. But it's, one, how you do it. Two, talk to your people because your people are definitely going to have say about what they want and how it looks. Um, And because work and the way we work keeps changing so much. You know, we weren't working from home. That wasn't really a thing except if you had your own business, really, up until recently. So looking at that and even having, you know, 50 minutes work, and then you take a 10-minute walk, you know, outside, get some fresh air, get some sun movement. Then going, oh, I need to put my sit-stand desk up so I'm standing for the next hour for the next meeting. Or, you know, all meetings I'll stand up, but the rest of the time I'll sit down. So it's all strategy and, like, how we work because we can't sit all the time, but we also can't hunch. You know, there's a whole thing that I feel like I forever get closer and closer to the point where I might be kissing my laptop. You know, the more and more I'm at it. Like I, I sort of just keep typing and then I'm just seeing the screen get closer and you go, oh, okay, I've got to step back. I don't have that problem with computers, but I do with pen and paper. Oh. It's, it's actually something I've had since I was a child. Like the more I write, the lower I get. <laughs> and then suddenly I'm like lying on the table. You're going to become one. I will become with... one with the page. <laughs> there is no page. There is no title. It's all it's one. one. It's connected. We have the book. <laughs> Um, yeah, and there's some great case studies and there's some great um, literature reviews on all this as well. So um, I'll send some links and we'll put it in the um, podcast bio. We will. Oh, well, I said we. <laughs> I will send them to Taja, um, the tech oh, no. extraordinaire. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Why are we lost? 
called Hitch, everybody. Um, our camera just, well, our camera. Went to- I keep saying we and our. This is none of my equipment. This is actually Taj's equipment. Taj's camera just stopped went working. Um, went to sleep. And then, the, the you know, by happenstance, she checked the battery and the battery was about to die. And I said, there's ghosts. Sucking There's the no energy. ghosts in this house. It's a whole thing. There's a um, cat sucking energy in this house. <laughs> yeah, Neo. Um, so probably in, in the wrap-up to all this, all of this that is not talked about very much ergonomics, um, it's important. It's, you know, we're at work for frighteningly a long time of our lives. <laughs> um, and we want to be able to do it in the way that suits us. But we've got productivity. Obviously, that's a that's a key point for any place. They want productivity out of us. But we need to do it the way, one, it suits us, best suits us, but also what that looks like for everyone if you're working in, you know, quite a big place. Because um, smaller places, it's probably a bit more easier to handle. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not looked at enough. Um, and a lot of people don't really know enough about it to sort of, they think it, they do get <laughs> ergonomics and economics confused quite a bit. Um, well, if you start talking to me about economics and then tell me that I'm going to be using a vertical mouse, I'm going to be very confused. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll, then we'll think positively about the economy because it's going up, vertically up, 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 up. So. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> this is a positive penny coming out of me. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yes, it, it's got many layers. Um, and when anyone asks me, whether it be a, um, you know, a manager or a corporate person, um, or if it's a workmate, it's really how long is a piece of string with ergo, ergon- ergonomics, <laughs> ergonomics, it's going to say the economy again. Um, like it's, it's, it just has so many levels and, you know, you do one thing, but then it affects another thing and then it sort of affects the other aspect. It's a cascade so, effect. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's a bit of a butterfly effect, really. You know, you start somewhere, but then you sort of uncover a whole bunch of other things and you think this is not one dimensional in any way. You, you do need to start, well, start somewhere. But if you're willing to go deep dive into it, you need to sort of be prepared that, okay, what's the budget for this? What are we actually wanting to achieve? And how will it be measured during and after? And then if something doesn't suit, are you willing to reinvest to get it right the next time? Because sometimes things aren't perfect straight away if you implement certain things. So some people, much like yourself, might not want a vertical mouse if you're looking just at vertical mice. But some people do. They, they love it. Or it's, um, you know, disconnected, so cordless or wireless, however you want to say it, mouse or mice. And um, the ergonomic keyboard, so it's completely split in how you type and the angle of it. So there's so much out there in the way of equipment beyond just how you set up your workstation and the workplace. My hand up as if I'm still in oh. school. Um, <laughs> your hand goes up. <laughs> yeah, I do. I I've never understood the ergonomic keyboards. I un- like. I mean, I understand that people like them obviously but my my mother is a typist um and she is a very fast typist and she you know no shorthand and Mm -hmm. very skilled in those sorts of things and my 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 father years and years ago thought he was doing us all a favor when we upgraded the family computer when i was still a teenager and he got the ergonomic keyboard yes i don't know how much money he spent on it i don't think my mother knew how to throw something out faster It's a mind like We didn't melt. get rid of it because it was so expensive. But at the same time, my mum and I were sitting there going, how do you use it? Like, oh, yeah. How do you... It's a mind My hands melt. are supposed to sit like this, not like this. And it, we couldn't use it. It, yeah. it was like the two fastest typers in the family couldn't. were all of a sudden having to, to one finger type. And it drove us insane. Yeah. Drove us absolutely insane. Yeah. To the, to the point where it, I believe it's still sitting in there unused. Uh, it's it's probably um i mean i did eventually get sort of used to it because at the time i was going through school oh. and i had to do my school reports and all of that sort of stuff on it like i had to do all my projects and stuff yeah. i didn't have an option but to use it mm-hmm. but i as far as i'm aware the person it was actually thoughtfully bought for <laughs> used it the least <laughs> do it but that's the thing like it seems a good idea at the time 
you know, it get was, ahead of it, the game. I believe at the time it was the height of, like, it was the brand new thing on the market to help stop RSI and all of that sort of yep. stuff. But yep. we hated it. Like, we loved the thought. Mm-hmm. We hated the practicality. Sounds like corporate. <laughs> it? it really does. Not the idea. It? Hated it. Hated it. Hated the actual logistics of living. <laughs> that's not very good. Um, so that's probably a wrap up on ergonomics, or sort of a basic look at it anyway. But have a think about your workplace. Have a think if your workplace is actually doing anything um, around this. Um, they may or may not. It might literally just be. Um, a shitty checklist <laughs> just really irks me when it's that's the one thing everyone goes to um or it's not and you might want to pursue something with ergonomics you know get the ball rolling on a case study or a pilot program or even just asking yeah like the people what they want um and going from there it is a deep dive with this topic so be prepared to uncover a lot of a lot of areas um but yeah i wish you well and i hope this has sparked something all right And we will see you in our next episode where we will be talking about respect on the road. Ooh, I'm intrigued. See you all next time. Bye. Bye.